Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Today, we're joined by second-generation stock contractor and PRCA pickup man, Cash Smith, to talk about his strategies for staying motivated and ways that young bull riders can get into the sport. Make sure to like and follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platforms, and remember that you can download to listen later. Okay, well, we can just jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Cass Smith, Sydney, Iowa. Been around rodeo my whole life. My uh, my dad rodeoed for years, rode bulls. Growing up, we that's all we ever knew. I couldn't ride bulls growing up because of a head injury when I was little. And I took up roping at a young age. I was like mm-hmm. 10 years old, probably, when I went to my first school. Uh, breakaway roped. And then uh, once I started going to this, some junior high rodeos, and just roping at the house and uh kind of went from there i learned to love it over the years and uh having a bull riding company and having our own little bull ridings we got about 35 of our own and taking bulls to them and uh dad got his prca card to take bulls um, to the prca and i think it was 2014 if i'm not mistaken and so, Dad needed somebody to do the bull riding when she was gone. And when I was 14, I started flanking bulls and running the bull riding by myself. And that was kind of a big responsibility, so I had to kind of grow up fast. But, I mean, I'm glad that I did now. Uh, but, so when Dad would go to the rodeos, I'd run the bull riding, and I'd flank bulls and get everything lined up, talk to that and uh, when I turned 18 uh, I wanted to get my PRCA card pick up Bronx because when I was 14 I picked up my first rodeo at uh, Tarkeel, Missouri uh, because they had another picket man that got hurt or something and they ended up calling my dad asking my dad if he knew anybody that could pick up with me being able to shag bulls and everything since I was around there. Dad thought that I could do it, so Dad asked me if I wanted to, so I did. And uh, it kind of started from there, and I kept working my way up, and I realized that's what I love to do, was pick up Bronx, shack bulls. So at 18, I got out of school early um, in, the, in the winter. After Christmas break, I got out of school, and I got my PRCA card, and I started picking up Bronx. Dave Moorhead gave me my first gig at the World's Toughest. My very first one was in Des Moines, Iowa. And I started there. And uh, it kind of just kept going from there. And then with college, it's kind of slowed down because I'm trying to focus on school and college rodeoing as well. So, I mean, that's how it really started. That's kind of the lowdown on my line. Yeah, that's awesome. How did your dad get into the the stock contracting and raising the buck and bulls? What made him decide to go that way? Well, actually, that's a good question. Nobody in his family rodeoed. Uh, they grew up on a farm. Uh, my dad did. His grand, my dad, my dad's dad, so my grandpa uh, had a farm, and nobody rodeoed. I have no. I really don't know how he could really decided that he wanted to. I'm assuming from watching TV and he just decided that he wanted to do it. So in high school, 
he bought his first farm in Thurman, Iowa, and he just started bucking. I mean, herd bulls, cows, literally anything you can think of. He he bucked them right there at his thing, at his practice bin, and there's nothing, nothing fancy. It was just cattle panels set up and the bulls and his practice bulls. Um, he had them, and he got a phone call one day asking to bring bulls somewhere. He told him, he's like, well, I don't really have bulls. All I've got is practice bulls. They're like, no, that's fine. And it really it was just a just something that they did for fun and it kind of got out of hand and that's how he got started and it's really went from there and he's at the point he is now so but not like anybody else would think nothing like his family was in it or nothing like that kind of just did it on his own started from the bottom and worked his way up and everything that he has is what he worked for so that's awesome that's so cool what does it look like when y'all haul bulls to a rodeo and what are y'all's duties when you go about that? Um, so we got about 150 head of bucking bulls, and we got everything from steers for little kids that we use in our own bull riding to the junior bull riding, up to bulls that have been to the NFR. Um, and each place is different. Um, caliber bulls depends on the guys that we've got. The pro rodeos, obviously, we need our best, our better bulls. Uh, in our bull riding, we just want good bulls that the guys like to get on, that they want to come get on, so we can keep generations going. Uh, if you take bulls that buck too hard, their bull riders aren't going to want to be bull riders anymore. They get bucked <laughs> off all the time, and that's no fun. So uh, we gather bulls in the morning, uh, we load the trucks, and we take them to the bull riding. And bucking bulls are just like people, they have a delivery, and you just they buck, they buck better out of a certain delivery, and they're all different, none of them are the same. And they all get flanked different. I mean, most of them are just straight across an average, and what I mean by that is it's just just tight enough to where it's not going to fall off, but at the same time, it's it's not too tight, if that makes sense. But you can't make a bucking bull buck. You, you can't. If they, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. It's just like a football player. If they want to play football, they're going to... They're going to practice, and they're going to, they're going to do it, and they're going to enjoy it. You can't make a bulldog. If they want to do it, they will. They're bred to do it. And if they don't, then they do something else. We take them somewhere else, do something else with them. Awesome. When you guys are looking for bulls that buck, do you raise a lot of your own stock, or do you buy it? And if so, where does a person even go to buy bucking bulls? <laughs> well, no, we raise a few. We probably got about 10 rodeo cows. And uh, all the rodeo cows that we have left were out of a flush. We flushed a cow. And what I mean by that is, like, embryo transfer, and you put it into a different cow, and she can have several different calves. They're out of the same cow, but you put the eggs into a different cow, and the race out of a different cow. Um, and that's where all of our rodeo cows came from. And we bring them back to our own bucking bulls. And most of our calves that we've got now are out of 7x smoke wagon which is a black muley of ours that's been in the nfr twice now it's probably the best bull we've ever had he's 14 years old he just retired in here right after san antonio but but most of the bulls that we buy um we go to sales in guthrie oklahoma we buy quite a few there and albuquerque new mexico we buy some bulls down there 
and there's a sale in Texas, and I cannot remember the name of it at the moment, but there's a sale down there that we go to, and those are really the three that we go to, but more than anything, we buy privately from people uh, all over the country that they have raised, like Sammy Andrews, we, we bought some heifers from them, uh, and we, I mean, we just buy them from whoever, really. So there's kind of a big market out there for bucking stock like that that a lot of people probably wouldn't think about. Yeah, there is. And really, uh, the, the rodeo for the bucking bulls and bucking horses right now, I mean, they're the best they've ever been. Um, they're getting better all the time. The genetics and everything are just keep getting better. Back in the day, I mean, there was good bulls, yes, but not to the extent that there is now. I mean, there's thousands thousands of good bulls nowadays and it's all because of genetics and the way people breed like hd pages page and them i mean their breeding programs is unreal and it's just getting better all the time and the price varies so much through the rough stock they're all different prices it really depends on who they come from how they're bred um and that's, that's the other thing. The breeding of the, of the livestock goes a long way. That really puts a price tag on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What do you look for in a buck and bull when you're looking for one that you think might next be the next big thing in your program? What is it that you're looking for? Athletic ability. Uh, one that really shows a lot of action. Kicks really hard. And... We, yeah, we want one that turns back, don't get me wrong, but really when you're looking at a calf, especially a young one, uh, you just want something that's really athletic, super snappy, that shows a lot of action. You don't really want something that's deadheaded uh, to an extent. Don't get me wrong, they, you'll get by with some of them, but a bull that is usually mean and fiery and shows a lot of action they'll last a lot longer to an extent that's not always true but that's what we like to see um something that shows a lot of potential they might not buck the hardest they might fall down or something but usually when they fall down or something like that it's just because they're trying to buck so hard they're losing their feet they're young and they don't really they're still trying to learn does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely how old are a lot of the bulls when they start bucking we 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 buck some bulls at two years old, but you don't want to buck them very much. Uh, really, dummy bucking calves at two, three years old. At three years old, we'll put riders on them, but we won't buck them very much because that's still pretty young. Really, at the end of their three-year-old year and the beginning of their four-year-old year is when we start bucking them the most. Um, when a bull's at four, that's really when they start to mature and come into themselves and that's really when you really know what you what you're dealing with and what you got when they're about four years old yeah and when you say like bucking them a lot about how many outs does one of your animals have in a year do they get hauled a lot or just a few times oh boy <laughs> it really depends on the bull uh i mean they're all different uh, some bulls can they some of our bulls buck better the more you buck them and some of them are better when they're fresh um 7S back in his prime, we probably bucked him 30, 40 times in a year, and that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, but then there's other bulls that we bucked probably 
10 times a year, and that's it. Uh, it just really depends on if they can take take the hauling and getting bucks that much. And some bulls love it, some bulls don't. But some bulls are really, really good, and you just know to save them and keep them, but you can't buck them that much. And those are usually the ones that we just take to the big rodeos that buck really hard, but they can't be bucked that much. Absolutely. Your program with the bulls and everything, you are really in tune to every animal and really know them individually. Yes. Yep. You got to, you got to know. I mean, I live and breathe bucks and bulls. That's what I do. I, I, I have been around them my whole life and that's what, I mean, my dad has got me into it so much. And I mean, we have to know every one of them. We have to know how they are, how they act. You got to know when one's feeling off or when they're not. Um, when I go through the bulls and I sort every day, I can tell you if that bull is acting weird or if he's not feeling good or if one's sore or not. And they might not be limping, but they just, they just act off. And when you're around them every day, you know, and it's just something you're, when you're around them long enough, you know, you know what's going on with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. And I think that that's so important that people know that because I think a lot of times, especially in the rough stock, there's a big misconception that, I mean, you probably deal with it a lot, that people don't understand how well the animals are taken care of and how much you care about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another big thing is, is like, I hear people ask all the time, if we tie a rope around the bull's balls, the bucking bull, all it is, is just like you're wearing a belt. Uh, it's just a nylon rope that goes around your waist, just like your belt does to hold your pants on. I mean, you put it on just tight enough where it keeps your pants on, but that's it. The same thing with the bucking bull. It's the same, same thing. No different. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't hurt them. Literally, the only thing that a the nylon rope does is what makes them kick. And some bulls won't buck at all with it and that, those, those are the ones that don't want to do it and that's when you go sell them take them to a sale barn or something and they, they just sell them and do something else with them but if they love it and that's what they want to do then they'll buck now all they're trying to do is kick that rope off but it's not it doesn't hurt them if that makes sense yeah it does thank you for explaining that because i've never flanked a bull before i mean i know how it works but most of us don't get to see that that close especially when we're on the timed event side of the arena or anything like that and don't deal with the rough stock as much so that's a really cool inside look at that there's just over a few things that people have asked me over the years that they and they don't understand it and you can sit there and you can show them and when somebody sees it they're like oh okay well that makes a lot more sense but I think people get misled because they don't understand how they are taken care of and seen until they see it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have to see it for themselves before before they can believe it. Yeah. About how many rodeos in a year have you guys, would you normally do? I'm sure it's been a little bit different lately, but in a normal year, uh, how busy do you stay with the rodeos? Probably, it, I mean, out and rodeos are different. I'm trying to think about actually how many rodeos there are of, that we do. Probably, I'd say 80. I'd say be close to 80. 
actual rodeos and bull ridings and everything together, probably 80 out of the year. It'd be close to that, I'd say. Holy smokes. That's a lot in one year. When you think a lot of them yeah. are probably multiple days and all over the country. And that's our job. I mean, that's what we do for a living. We that's that's our that's how we make our income. We have a we have a farm and we raise cattle and everything too. But we make most of our money off the rodeos. Um, that's just what we do. We don't have everyday jobs. That rodeo is our job. Yeah. When you guys are going to that many rodeos in a year, do you have to split up a lot and send different rigs different directions? Yeah, we do. Um, so, Dad usually goes to the pro rodeos with the bucking bulls, and I usually do the bull riding. But there are times where at, uh, I'll be at one pro rodeo and Dad will be at another. I might be picking up bronks at one, but I might also have to take bulls to them as well. That's happened before. It don't happen often, but it does occasionally. Or if I'm just shagging bulls, and I'll take bucking bulls as well, and I'll either get off my horse and flank and then shag if I need to, if one doesn't leave. But me and my dad go different directions all the time, and it, it, it works out a lot better for him, and it works out good for me too. We're both getting paid that way, and he's we're both making money, more money that way as well. Absolutely. So you kind of touched on the pickup man side of what you've been up to. Are yep. you really enjoying that? I am. It's really slowed down here lately, especially with me being in school. But I hope to, when I get out of school here next fall, I hope to take right back up where I left off before I went to school. Yeah, I bet. What is, what all do you have to do when you're picking up at a rodeo for people who maybe haven't paid as much attention to the pickup man? The, the biggest thing is keeping your horses in shape, keeping your horses healthy. That's really 90% of it. And the other part is, is making your horses look good, keeping them fed up, making sure they don't get sore. I mean, your job as a pickup man is to keep the cowboys safe. I, I literally never thought that I'd be picking up Bronx ever until high school. I never, ever thought I'd do it, especially as a as a job. And it is my absolute favorite thing to do. Uh, it's, it was literally just uh, something fun to do that turned, kind of got out of hand and turned into a job, and I love it. When I'm doing it, it doesn't feel like a job. It doesn't. I travel the country and see places you've never been, get to see the whole country, and see new things all the time. Has there been one place that really sticks out in your memory that you just have loved to go? Uh, Estes Park, Colorado. It is the most beautiful place I have ever been, ever. And I tell people that all the time. It's, it, there's nothing like it, really. It's up in the mountains, it kind of sits in a hole in the mountains. They have a big priority there that serves do. Uh, took bulls to it. I've never had the opportunity to pick up Bronx there, but I have taken bulls there. And I have visited up there a couple different times just just to go there. Uh, I was there for a wedding a couple years ago. And that's, that's probably the one place that really sticks out to me that I remember the most. I've heard amazing things about Estes Park, and I really hope that I get to go one day. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a beautiful place for sure absolutely so what does a day in your life look like around school and everything now you've got to be pretty busy it is it is extremely busy um i go to school here at iowa central community college fort dodge iowa uh, i'm on the rodeo team here i team rope and i calf rope pick up bronks for at practice and on the weekends i go home and take care of my cows we got about 150 head of cows 150 head of bucking bulls and then in the in the spring my dad buys the yearling calves and sells them in the fall but on the weekends i go home and take care of all the cows check everything like right now everything's out on stocks this weekend i'm going to go home and move the move cows off stocks and move to a different stock field but a week what a week is on monday starting on monday i go to school and we have practice in the afternoons and then uh take care of chores and everything and i do that through friday and then friday after class i boat my horses and i go home and then uh if i still got some daylight left by the time i get home i'll run around and check everything check waters just check the bulls look at the calves and then on saturday i run around and check cows Make sure nothing's hurt or crippled or needs doctored or anything like that. And then uh, check fences, obviously. I mean, really, just your everyday stuff, I guess. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you guys just had bulls at San Antonio. So when you have big rodeos like that throughout the year and you're still in college, do you get to go with any of those or do you just have to kind of stay home and do the education side of things right now? I do. I go. Obviously, I have to keep my grades up. That's number one priority right now. And uh, my coach does pretty good with letting me go where be gone if I need to be, as long as my grades are good, which most of the time they are. Uh, I uh, I went down to San Antonio last weekend. More than anything, it's a lot of miles and a lot of driving, especially if my dad wants me to be down there or needs me or something it's more than anything it just turned into a lot of driving um i always try to make sure to make it right make it back to school so i can make it to class sometimes it doesn't work out but i make it work um but i do go but there are some that i have to miss but i try to go to as many as i can yeah absolutely after you're out of school do you think that you'll keep rodeoing or do you think that like competing in the rodeos or do you think that you'll just go back to the contracting side and picking up Bronx you know that's a great question I keep going back and forth of what I want to do I, I will probably compete in the team open a little bit when I can but I'm I'm really going to focus on just helping with dad with the bulls and uh, picking up as much as I can I actually got a job offer to work with chickens <laughs> believe it or not but uh that is that's that's the thing that i i have decided that i'm probably going to do so that's kind of going to kind of throw a little wrench in things to an extent uh i i can still do all the bull ridings and everything but it's just gonna like i said it's gonna turn into more traveling later nights and less sleep but nothing that we're not used to 
Those are the um, keys to success, you got, I think. You, gotta, you still got to pay the bills, and especially at my age, I mean, you have to do things the hard way sometimes. Sometimes you got to do things that you don't like, but you got to make both work, uh, both ends work if you're wanting to grow and start your own operation. Absolutely. So you have two younger siblings. Do you think that they, are they also looking to get into the family business, or do you think that they'll kind of go their own ways? Um, you know, that's a big question. I don't really, uh, I think my brother will. My, my sister is, is into it, and, but I don't know if she'll, I don't know if she's in, as into it as me and my brother are. Cade rides bulls at Arbor Riding, and they used him at some of the big rodeos for openings and stuff like that. Do I foresee him continuing riding bulls? I I don't I honestly don't know. Uh, that's his own choice, and that's that's the biggest thing. If you want to do it, then do it. But if you don't, if your heart isn't completely into it, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's a dangerous sport, and you have to be in it all 100% or not at all. You're gonna get the, when you start second guessing yourself is when you're gonna get yourself hurt. So I. I really don't know. I think he's in, he's not as into the bulls as I am to an extent, but he enjoys it. And I think as he gets older, he gets into it more and more all the time because me and dad are. Um, but I don't foresee my sister being into the rodeo like we are. Yeah. I think she'll always be a part of it, but I don't think that she'll do it for a living like, like we do. Yeah. Is it pretty fun having something like that, that your entire family has been a part of the family business growing up? I mean, that's something that a lot of people don't get to experience. It is. And I honestly believe growing up in the rodeo world is the best. I think more kids need to get into it all the time. You learn to grow up fast. You hit lots of scenarios in life. You know how to manage your money, especially if you want to do it. And another thing is you learn to grow up. You, you're going to run into obstacles and everything all the time. And you're going to play mind games with yourself and wonder why you do it. And you're going to you're going to hit your, your lowest points. And that's when you grow. I think you get better when you hit those obstacles. And it teaches you to deal with your problems differently. Uh, I think uh, being around the rodeo world is better than living in town. Honestly, I mean, you have, when you, your rodeo family, it's just like your regular family. You've always got somebody at your corner there to help you all the time. And that's one thing that I, you can't replace. I've got more friends in the rodeo world than anybody. I mean, I literally think I could be broke down in any, any state and I could call somebody. I'd know somebody that would be there to help me. And that part to me is just awesome. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Rodeo has been the best thing that I've ever been able to get into, and I'm so thankful that coming from a family that didn't do it, that I was able to get into it when I did, and now it's like my whole life. There's nothing that I'd rather be doing. Yep, and you get opportunities all the time, and that was, like, when I got my, uh, got the opportunity to pick up at 18, and I had to make a big, big decision about finishing school or taking the opportunity and being able to go rodeo and do it full time. And I was fortunate enough to have my school 
help me and let me do that and let me finish online to finish my last couple of classes. And, you know, more than anything, it, it, it was by the grace of God that they let me do that. I mean, it was an opportunity of a lifetime and it really made me realize what I really want to do for the future. And they knew that that's what I wanted to do. And the only thing we're trying to do in life is figure out what we want to do when we get out of school. And that there was no better chance than that right there. And it helped me 100% decide my decisions from that point forward what I wanted to do. Absolutely. What influenced your decision then to go to college instead of just rodeoing full-time? Well, like I said, being around the rodeo world and me having to grow up faster, I didn't really have the opportunity to be like a normal kid. and I, I just didn't. And I, I, I needed to get away from home for a while, and I needed to finish school. I needed to go somewhere to do something. You can't work your whole life, and you won't have another time in your life to make memories and have new friends and see new things. And I decided that I, I needed to go to college, and I'm so glad I did. I have I have got some of the best friends through college um, that are just like family to me. Uh, we rodeo together, and we were roomed together. I mean. It's really an opportunity for you to realize you you have your whole life to work. And you can take two years out of your life, go to a two-year school, and you you, won't, you will not regret it. And I, it was a really hard decision for me. It really was. But I'm glad that I did. And it was good for me. And in the end, it's going to work out better for me. I'm going to have a degree. And I've got to have the college experience. And... Uh, I mean, really, it was just a step back and realize that you can't work yourself to death. You're going you're gonna to get over it at some point, and you don't want to blow yourself up before you get started. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really cool that you said that. I mean, it's always great to look for opportunities to grow and to learn, and stepping back sometimes is the way to to get further ahead later. Yep. How did your fall college rodeo season go? The fall season went pretty good. We're sitting third in the region in the team open right now. Uh, me and Wyatt in the DR the team open. Uh, Wyatt's heading and I'm healing, which I knew was huge before he came to school. And then I healed around at the house, messing around in like doctor cabs and stuff, but I never actually competed. And when a coach told me that she would be in, I better start practicing. <laughs> So I did, and uh, our first college rodeo was in North Platte, Nebraska, and we got third in the first round, uh, second, second round, I believe, and in the short round, we won the short round. And, well, I don't really remember after that, but anyway, but we did good. We landed up third in the region uh, right now is what we're sitting. And I think we're sitting 20th in the nation, I believe. I couldn't wrong there but it's something like that's close that's awesome congratulations that's amazing thanks what have you been doing to prepare for the spring season that you've got coming up oh uh, we've been roping the hills a bunch um i've actually brought a couple colts back here and something that i do on the side i ride colts break colts um but really i brought a couple of my young horses back and i'm teaching them on the hot heels and stuff but 
also just keeping trying to stay sharp, keep the little things, and try not to overthink it. Just trying to stay on top of it. But other than that, that's about it. Just been practicing. Absolutely. Do you think that riding those colts helps you stay sharp on your finish horses? It does. Uh, I think it teaches you to keep everything in line. Like I got to, especially on a young horse, you gotta keep show them what position is, and I think it really keeps me sharp too because I have to hold them in position, and I have to make sure I make my corners. And I think if you're on a older horse that you kind of just go with the flow and you act like you know what you're doing, but really you have to still keep them in tip-top shape. So I think it keeps me doing what I'm supposed to do as well. So I think it helps us both out in the end. Yeah. What are you looking forward to this summer? Are there a lot of rodeos coming up for Double S Bulls? We, as of right now, everything's still on track. We had a couple here in April that had to cancel, but I think the ones for the actual summer are still planning on happening, and we've got a, we got a few new ones. Um, and we got we picked up some more pro rodeos and more anything. We did a little more this year because of the last year. We weren't able to have as many. And uh, so Dad's going to go to a few more pro rodeos, and I'm going to do a few more bull ridings by myself. Um, and I, and I'm getting older. I can do more by myself now I was able to when I was younger. Uh, so we're, we're going to try to just do as many as we can as of right now. And as of right now, everything's planning on happening, so. That's awesome. Hopefully everything gets back to normal and you guys can have a full schedule this next summer. I hope so. I'm ready for things to go back to normal, that's for sure. Me too. Uh, I meant to ask you earlier when you kind of mentioned about the younger generation getting into bulls and getting into the rough stock and bringing them up. Do you guys do anything specifically to kind of help bring new people into the sport and get new people involved in riding bucking bulls? Absolutely. We have a little, uh, at, our, at our regular bull riding, we have a junior bull riding too, during our regular bull riding. Uh, we take about 10 kids and uh, we bring, we look at the kids that we've got and if we don't know them, we'll bring a younger bull or something that's not as good or we'll bring like a steer or a mini bull something that fits the kids they get to pick their own bull for this for the junior series and that's anybody from anything under 18 we try we try our best to get something that fits them and if we think it's over their head we'll talk to them we'll try to explain to them that we we don't want them to get hurt we want them to learn and really more than anything i mean dalton krantz and luke snyder and Oh boy, Mason Lowe, all those, a bunch of those guys. They came up through our bull riding. Mason Lowe went to PDRs and did all sorts of great things. And he, he started at our deal and went to some other stuff before ours too. But that's, that's what we want. We want people to start at ours and work their way up so they can go do big things. That's what we like to see. We want to start them so they continue to come up and grow and get to the PBR and the PRCA and get to the NFR. That's what we like to see. Absolutely. Do you think that it's really important for people to have, especially younger kids, to have a safe place to go learn how to 
to compete in such a dangerous sport? I do. Uh, I really, I really think where they, where you take your kids or where kids go, they can go somewhere that's over their head, get on something that's too much and that's going to get them hurt. It, you really, some people think that they can just go get straight, go straight into getting on bulls. I think that's not true at all. I think you should start riding steers, calves, work your way up, learn the fundamentals. You can't just be like, okay, I'm going to ride a bull today. No, that's not how it works. I wish it was. That'd be cool, <laughs> but no. It'd be so cool. Uh, that's, how, that's, how, that's how people get hurt. I think any, more than anything, you need to have somebody that you look up to, somebody that will take you under the wing that's been there, done it, and to show them where, where they need to go, what would work best for them. Yeah, I think it's really important, too, because I, I don't think a lot of people think about it on the rough stock end. Like, when you're roping, you go through all the steps. You start on a dummy, and you rope the dummy, and then you start on slow cattle, and then you work your way up through the ranks, through the numbered ropings and all kinds of stuff. And in the rough stock, I think that people who haven't been around it might just jump in and... I got the money there about when you're roping, you start at the dummy. Same thing with the rough stock. You should get on a barrel and then you should get on a drop barrel and learn how to stay the front lift on your rope everything like that learn the fundamentals before you even get audible uh, so you know what to do when it comes to that point and then get on something that's not that's that you can learn on uh, something that's not going to get you hurt and you know what if something does go wrong you, it's not as dangerous that way yeah absolutely i think it's really great that you guys are that you guys have a program like that where people can get into it and it's safe and it brings new people into the sport. That's amazing. Yeah, we, we buck bulls at our house as well. Uh, we have practices at our house and dad helps young kids and shows them and we'll help them on the dummies. We've got uh, bucking machines and barrels and the stationary barrel and we can teach them things, show them things and help them and then we can put them on a bull and then teach them that way too. And then that way we can help them and have more time to teach them than they do at the bull riding. Yeah. That way. And then there's usually older guys that come to get on practice bulls to just stay sharp just like we are in the practice pen. I mean, that's the exact same thing they're doing. And they can help them too. I mean, when you have older guys around and those young kids are around, they look up to them all the time. And I, that's close for anywhere you're at. And, I think I think even the guys that rodeo all the time, they don't understand that all the time. The way you act when you're in an arena and when you're around rodeo, there's always little kids watching you. They want to grow up to be just like you. And I think that we let our anger get to us every once in a while. And uh, we say things or do things that we, we don't mean to do, but that kid sees that. And we don't want that in our sport. We don't want them to see those kind of things. It's, it's really, you always have that little kid watching the one to grow up to be just like you and I think it's very important that you be a role model and think about twice before you do things after it doesn't go the way you wanted it to. That's a great thing to remember and it's really great that you can have those good role models around those young kids especially like your house and those kids get to see how they should act and grow up around it and then they don't know any different. Yep. And it, and it goes outside of the arena, too. They think that they just watch it when they're at the rodeo. And you're walking around, and you've got your jacket on, and you're wearing a cowboy hat, and you've got your boots on. 
people are watching you, especially those little kids. They they're watching everything you do. They see it. They see you. People on TV. They see you at the rodeo. They see you outside of the rodeo. It's not just at the rodeo. They see you outside of the rodeo too. Absolutely. Do you have anything that you're really looking forward to here this next year? I mean, I've got goals, and I've got short-term goals, and I've got long-term goals. My goal this year is really, I just want to get everything back to normal. I would really like to make it to the college national finals and the team roping. That's really what my what I'm focused on right now. And, you know, if only one person knows, I'm a huge person that believes in God. And, I mean, he's gonna it's meant to be it'll be but if not then it's a learning experience and it's just the opportunity the chance to even have that opportunity yes sir that i mean that's a really good goal mm. yeah well with that do you have a favorite quote yeah say i won't the quote say i won't tell me i can't do it tell me i shouldn't even try tell me it's impossible it's to say i won't yeah so, I really like that's my favorite quote because uh, when somebody tells me that I can't do it it just pushes me that much harder to want to prove them wrong and prove that I can do it I've had multiple people in my life tell me that I couldn't do something or I wasn't going to make it and those people are what push me I don't get frustrated with them I don't get mad at them I just want to prove them wrong I I have always been that way, especially as I get older. I mean, those people just push me and drive me to do better. And I, and I don't get mad about it. I mean, there is no reason to get mad about it. Use those people as fuel and fire to push and go harder and make yourself do better. Prove them wrong, because that will just burn them more if you prove them wrong. And that is 100% what I have went by for a long time. When I started, when I went to go get my PRCA card, people tried so hard to ruin that for me because I was young and I was a young kid coming in and they didn't want me to succeed. They didn't want me to do good. And I wanted nothing more than to prove them wrong because that burns them way more than it did me. And, and in the end, it's, it's really like a, a, a defense for you. I mean, you prove them wrong and you're like, okay, now what's next? And you look and you're like, okay, that one what I need to do. What can I do to better myself? Absolutely. I understand that 100%. I feel the same way. I know where you're coming from. For me, it's it's really similar. I've definitely had people tell me that I was never going to accomplish things that I ended up going on to do, and nothing feels better than when you can look back and say that you did it, and you know that those people are watching yep. you, and you know that there's always going to be people out there talking and saying what they'll say. So if you can use that in a positive way as motivation instead of just being frustrated about it, that's really yep. important. Thank you so much for doing yep. this podcast no episode with me, and good luck in your spring rodeo season. Thanks. I appreciate it.